Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to breadridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. I am your host, and you if you've watched the show at all, you may notice I am not in my normal setting. Went out to the office where I usually record, and there was no power whatsoever, so I had to relocate to home. So the lighting's a little different, and if there's a background noise, I apologize. My wife's in the other room watching the Muppet Christmas Carol, so hopefully that won't interfere with our podcast. But, uh, you know, there's a little more glare here than normal, so I'm actually going to slide my glasses up after I introduce my guest so that we don't have that glare. But I'm excited to have as my guest today, Starty Murray. And Starty is known as the girl who went from cleaning carpets to working the red carpets. She shared the stages with Brendan Burchard, Jim Quick, John Asaraf, Steve Olsher, Rick Frischman, yours truly. Wow, that's the first time ever somebody has mentioned that they've shared the stage with me. Uh, Tom Antion and Kevin Harrison from Shark Tank. For getting ready for the big stage of national television tips are featured in the book that I wrote with Rick Frischman and Brian Hain called Mistakes Authors Make that you see Starley hand, hand, handling there. But Starley is a celebrity brand coach, and she teaches high-performance leaders and health and wellness influencers on-camera confidence and monetize marketing, learn from her years of producing national interviews. Starly transitioned from behind the camera to a record holder as a guest lifestyle entrepreneur across multiple television news networks and has been requested for over 3,000 television shows and stage appearances. She was raised in a house of domestic violence for her first 18 years and Starly learned that not being seen and not being heard was crucial to her family's safety. She made it her mission to help others be seen and be heard to make a difference, especially in support of the healing angels in mental, physical, and spiritual high-performance leadership. Welcome, Starty Murray, to the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Thank you so much, Brad. I'm really excited to finally get to see you again on this little mini stage that we call a podcast show. Um, you're always a joy to be around. You light everybody up. Well, I appreciate that so much. Yeah, we've been trying to put this together for a while, and we finally got 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 her going today. And then things tried to wreck it, but I am not going to let that. We're going to soldier through and and do the different setting and all that stuff, and it will be a okay. So, Nastori is a, a lady that I've known for a number of years. Crossed paths with her at many events, and she is one of those people that I would call a sunshine person. So, I'm excited to have you here, Starley. So. Let's get into your speaking journey first, personally. So 
I've heard you speak at events, and it goes back, gosh, 10, 15 years even possibly to some of the Author 101 events and others. But when did you first get up in front of the camera yourself and start speaking to audiences? And what was your sweet spot in terms of what you were talking about? Yeah, so hey, thanks so much, Brett, for um, that uh, beautiful introduction. I'm going to work really hard to try to live up to it. And uh, I'd also say that getting in front of uh, television cameras was what was first, and then it was stage speaking. And I had just as bumpy of a journey getting in front of a TV camera as I did on the stage. The difference is, is you were around to see my growth on the stage me going from the um, lot more scared, lot more nervous, not knowing how I wanted to present myself, learning what was going to work for me, and then finally getting into a zone. And so thanks for being so um, generous and kind with your introduction, because you could have said, uh, I remember Starly when she was bumbling around on stage, had no idea what she was doing. And now now she can kind of just get up there and not embarrass herself. <laughs> You know, if I was to do that story, I would be the pot calling the kettle black. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but you know, this is the cool thing, Brett, like this platform that you give for people like myself and, and the hard work and the, the, the generosity that you have with the content that you share with your audience, sharing our journeys of the mistakes that we made or how we started, this is part of the, the, the gift of, of the content of the message. So um, I would say when I first started on television just because i'm such a nerd about trying to put it in the right chronological order um my two seconds on that was uh really i started off behind the scenes as a uh a media consultant so for the anchors the reporters the hosts and then started producing television like america's most wanted so national tv show was quite a lesson for me i was a field producer and they gave me quite the education i'm so grateful for that and so then what happened is I got introductions uh, and invitations to be on camera uh, and for television. So what happened is I turned those down for 10 years, wow, a, a decade, because I was raised in an environment of don't be seen, don't be heard, because bad things can happen. So this was my training. This was my training ground for 18 years. That's almost two decades. So then my first 10 years in television and film, I was quite comfortable working behind the scenes because I was a little bit of a control freak. I mean, creative person, <laughs> right? And it was a good place to, you could call it hide. It was a great place to create. And I love to this day still being there. However, that set me up for a repetition of getting in front of a, a webcam or a uh, stage still having those same you know kind of fear areas that i had to learn how to get past so getting on to the uh, uh you know fast forward years later i became a record holder on television um and i've done thousands of appearances and i'm lucky they still let me back in the door there's not a big circle with my picture in it with a line through it yet i'm still still okay but the stage thing so let's go let's let's get into that I lucked out. I bumbled my way into that world. I got to meet one of the uh, show promoters, right? Rick Frischman, who's given a lot of people our first opportunities to be on stage. And he, you know, yeah, Rick, I can't do a good uh, imitation of him, but people know him. Come on out. Yeah, just try it out. You'll be fine. You know, and I'm like, oh, oh, oh. I'm, I'm a sprinter. I do three minutes on television, three minutes. You get on the stage, 
And what do you have? 30 minutes. I'm like, well, after three minutes, what do I do? <laughs> so we have 27 minutes left, you know? Oh my goodness. I definitely thought that was closed. So, all right, we'll let that go. So that's the first thing you learn about live TVs. You roll with those little extra sounds. But as far as the stage goes, I would say that the biggest challenge I had was not being uh, rehearsed and not understanding the physical tech, you know, around me. And um, since I'm a media trainer and I can read a room really, you know, my training is I know how to read a room and read people pretty fast. When you're read, looking at a live audience with all those faces looking back at you, I'm absorbing all this information from all of them. And I'm like, oh, oh, overload stimuli, overload. So what do I do with that? Because I wanted to try to take care of each person. And that was that was a bad plan for me. So I would say my start on the stage was, first of all, being lucky enough to be given the opportunity, nurtured by lots of mentors around me. Thirdly, learning that there is a difference between being on one kind of stage versus another versus another, like a 30 second versus a 30 minute. And thirdly, the difference between just a camera looking at you or a camera with, you know, Brett on the other in on a webinar or the stage when there's maybe lots of faces looking at you. That would have been my introduction. So there you go. Uh, when you got invited to speak at that first event, what was your topic? Well, my topic was, uh, this is another subject of lessons learned and mistakes. I started off with one type of brand and then I noticed there were a lot of different speakers there and I wanted to give the event a great diversity of topic matter. So I tweaked my topics. And I kept tweaking them to the point where I was having a brand identity crisis after <laughs> a couple of years. But being on uh, uh, being on camera was the most consistent one that I had. And so there's five areas about being on camera that it's great for us to understand. That's our brand, our confidence, our messaging, our image, and maybe working what's behind us. And so the brand I told you was the thing that I had that first mistake with. And I thought, well, I don't want to take a stand on this one thing as being the camera person because I think they have other camera people on. I was a rookie, a very brand new person. I was like, I want to be, like you said, sunshine. And I wanted to be, uh, you know, courteous and, and try to be of value to the, to the event that was so gracious to have me there. And so, but sticking to that brand, if you're evolving your brand, that's great. But if you're changing it consistently because you're at an event, and you want to be polite, that's, that's really not the best thing. The, the confidence comes from preparation mm -hmm. and the message came from planning. And, you know, the image comes from, um, against how do you want to represent yourself? What, what do you feel comfortable with? You know, I know doctors that go on stage wearing scrubs, you know, so I've got to ask you, Starley, so whether it's on camera or on stage with an audience, I mean, you mentioned being on stage and looking at each person and getting the, you know, the visual feedback and all that stuff. So what is your best tip for an aspiring speaker as to how to best build rapport with an audience when you've got all those different faces out there? Yeah, well, I would say I, I've heard some tips before that I, I'm going to say I kind of agree with like you pick out a few people in different places in the room who are faces you can connect with. I do like that tip. So I'm going to just build off of that one. Right. But I'm going to go a little bit deeper and say that when you're really dialed into your to your messaging, 
and it's and it comes from a place in your heart and you lean into servitude even if you couldn't see anyone because you didn't have your glasses on or your contacts messed up right or that person that was like your energy person that you were looking at decided to go ahead and get on the phone or leave the room well you know this is where it's really great that you're super dialed in so right now you know i'm having this spoiled comfort zone of getting to look at my friend mentor and colleague and i'm looking at you on the zoom now if I, uh on the picture itself the viewfinder now if i want to look at the camera right then i'm literally looking right now at the camera and if i were to say hey everybody i'm a celebrity brand expert and i help you with your video marketing specifically so you can share your heart to the camera so you can share your message with the world i mean if, if for some reason my desktop went away i couldn't see you i i'm dialed in on my servitude my message and i could look at that little little circle on the on the zoom or i can look into an audience where oh my key faces happen to walk away <laughs> so i would say that you yes on a stage you can look out and and kind of you know make sure and let the, the crowd feel your face at lots of different angles so they can you know see that you are um aiming your energy all across the whole room but at the same time being dialed into the entire audience you're holding them in your heart and no matter where you look you're projecting with emotion with impact with messaging with authenticity all right, so going in a slightly different direction, we all know as speakers the importance of story to an effective speech and building that rapport and all that. So what would your advice be as to how do, how should a speaker determine which story or stories are best to include in, in what they're wanting to present to illustrate their point? Yeah. I have a hundred different stories I could tell in a speech. So it's like, all right, how do you really decide what's going to resonate with an audience? Yeah, I love that. You know, I think it's so cool because a lot of the tips that I'm sharing today, just I just have fond memories of my my growth on stage. And this is another one of those lessons learned where my story wasn't landing and then it started to land. And the progression to that was um, when you go from teaching celebrities and media members and, um, you know, high performance entrepreneurs to an author event where you have a, a lot of people who are like no thank you camera right and or and they're self-proclaimed nope i'm introverted no i don't want to be seen right and, and heard on a camera or stage like read my book that's where i am right this is you know so when i first got on the stage and they were looking at my uh, performance on stage, whether it was my my wobbly deer legs in the beginning, or whether I was when I was getting more confident a little bit there at the end, they still looked at me as though like, yeah, but you're already on the stage, you're two steps ahead of us anyway, and I can't identify with that. And so therefore your stories, I can't identify with that. So when my first story to them was like, hey, guys, look, I've been there when my first television appearance, I was literally ill, I got sick. I was so scared when I got on camera and I thought, okay, that'll land. Cause I teach, I, 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 sh I was teaching from a story that was true, but they're kind of like, yeah, well, let's see the last time I was at a television station. Yeah. I got sick too. I mean, they, they it didn't land. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's not good enough. And here, this is so terrible, Brett. I was like, all right, I'm going to tell the story about when I was younger 
and I'm in school and I'm an A student in English, but I take an F on the book report because I don't want to stand up in front of the class because I'm so horrified to stand. And I was like, great, this will be empathy, right? And they'll connect with me because I'm holding a book and I'm introverted. That didn't really land either because they're still distracted with the fact that I was so comfortable on stage. The third story is what landed is when I said, hey guys, I understand and you probably don't realize that I'm kind of introverted because you're seeing me in my extroverted servitude mode. I'm extroverted when I'm in servitude mode. It's just natural now. However, I was raised in an environment of domestic violence. My first 18 years of my life, it was paramount for me not to be seen, not to be heard. Total frozen fear. So if you think I don't understand what it's like to be afraid, or to have people who are gonna judge you, or to know that the spotlight is on you. Please understand, I do empathize, I can relate. And then I told the story that was specific to authors. So three times, three different stages, I'm like, why is the story not landing? I'm using my heart, it's all true. You have to know what's gonna land with your audience and their stories. Your story is so similar in many ways to mine. I was happy to be the back of the room guy behind the scenes and all that. And, you know, eventually I said, all right, Brett, you need to get over that and get up in front of the room too. But I'm a natural introvert also. And you just got to get your game face on it. And like you said, go into that extrovert mode when it's time to do that. And that's not my normal mode whatsoever, but there's a time and a place for everything, right? Oh, that's right. <laughs> stage is different now we're still being ourselves in here but we're maybe just uh, a little bit more um connecting with the messaging so i found that i started to become more expressive you know with my face and uh i thought that when i was smiling i thought that was smiling you know like because well, I'm, I'm smiling in here. I mean, I'm a happy person. Yeah, I'm yeah, gra yeah. grateful. Every every day I'm alive. I'm grateful, really. But I was like, I looked at the film footage and I was like, I look asleep. I don't look like I'm smiling. So that raises an interesting question. If you're doing a webinar or something via Zoom or whatever, how much do you need to, quote, exaggerate your emotions or your movements or whatever for them <laughs> to truly be seen to somebody who's not face-to-face -face with you in person? Yeah, so that's an excellent question. I, I would say that, you know, on stage, you have a lot of footage to cover. However, cameras can be on you at that same time. So you're, you know, you're always operating within a box with a couple of feet around you, or usually, you know, I know there may be tight, sh tight shots from time to time. But what I will say is, it's a little bit less about our exaggeration of our body language. I'm just, this is the, the way I express myself. But um, in terms of your facial expressions or your energy, in terms of enunciating, having pregnant pauses, really trying to emphasize a word, you know, it's that emphasis is for keeping anybody enticed mm -hmm. and um, interested on pretty much any medium of whether you're on a stage or whether you're on a webcam because look what you're fighting against you know other other they have their cell phones and they have cameras and uh, i'm sorry uh, televisions and they have ipads and other inter interruptions so really holding someone's attention 
it, you, if I'm an introverted person, just nobody believes me because the times they see me on camera, I'm in extroverted service mode. But holding their attention, it doesn't mean you need to come out of your skin, but you, you definitely want to make sure that what you're having in your heart is landing in a way that they can actually notice and that they can attach to. And, uh, you know, as language, remember I said the story wasn't landing? Well, language, which are we using our jargon? Oftentimes we'll use our jargon and, you know, maybe that those aren't words that they can understand. Like I could say call time. Maybe they know call time. I could say rap. They, rap is real popular. They know that one, you know, rap. Um, but there's a lot of jargon that you need to dial, dial into that's, that's, indus, that's audience friendly. So for a speaker, what are the major differences, if any, I'm sure there are, but what are the major differences between doing a on-stage presentation and doing an on-camera presentation? For the presentation, well, a lot of the times it's the time frame. So uh, on the, uh, also there is the reality of uh, on-camera versus the interesting time frame on stage. Now, Brett, have you been in this situation where you look over at the countdown clock? So guys, it might look something like, you know, something like that. And you're going, oh, okay, great. I've got, um, what, I have 10 minutes left. And then you look over there again and you have like 60 seconds. So I'm like, oh. So, cause I, because they may adjust it. They may be bringing, they're trying to make up time, things like that. Right. And so that one of the differences is time. So you may think you have a longer period of time, but it may actually change on in this live world of stage. And then in our, like a pre-recorded or a live Zoom call, a lot of the times we're still working with, all right, we have 10 real minutes left or we have two real minutes left. Um, live television is just a race to that, um, it's, it's the same thing. It could be cut shorter, but it's a, a lot of multitasking and layered messaging is one of the things that I teach layered messaging because you can get a lot covered in a shorter period of time. I only have sometimes three minutes on television to do an intro, five points, a closing, a, uh, referencing some sort of graphics or a prop and interacting in that three minutes with a host, which means I'm only getting a buck 50 out of those three minutes. <laughs> so, so layered messaging is important, whether you're in a time crunch or whether you're on a stage, you're on a stage, you might have presentations like PowerPoints, props, things like that. But I would say the biggest differences would be is real time and pretend time and just length of time altogether. And um, yeah, the energy to me is very similar. So you still want to pull, pull them in, you know? <laughs> I've got some other questions I want to ask you, Starlin, but before we do, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to breadridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spotlight on a Speaking Show. And my guest in this episode is Starly Murray. So Starly, now's the, I call this the barrier soul portion of the program, and that is all right, share some embarrassing thing that happened to you along the way, whether it be on a live stage or in front of the camera, that 
you were red faced and embarrassed at the time, but it was a it was a valuable lesson that was learned and some mistake that you would highly advise an aspiring speaker not to make. Oh, it's just this never happened to me, Brett. I mean, you know, over three thousand type appearances, nothing's right. you know, never, never. Okay. Give well me, maybe give there's me, a... give, me the, give me the best one. Okay. All right. So in other words, you read into me. There's so many. Okay. So let's see. I would say that tech has always been my nemesis. Uh, anyone that knows me knows like the, the, the Zoom link would be right in front of me and my own staff's like, oh, ma'am, it's to the left. You know, I'm like, oh, there it is. Tech has been my nemesis, the simplest to the hardest. So on, I remember on stage one time where I'm so excited, I'm gonna show that we have all these videos cause I teach videos like video marketing, right? They're how to have that brand and the messaging. So I'm on stage teaching how to use videos which means the videos working would be helpful in the training but my videos were all being shown through Wi-Fi as opposed to being shown through a laptop that was connected to a big screen or to the AV guys that had a laptop connected to a big screen. So when you're accessing a video that needs time to play and buffer through, uh, you know, using the, the, that, that Wi-Fi, you can lose your visual presentation. And 80% of my presentation was the videos themselves. So then I had to go into da -da 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 and it, I did have some of it dialed in, but there was a lot of, uh, you know, moments where you could tell the audience could tell you were totally not prepared um, because it didn't occur to me that I could lose it because I've done rehearsals, but who does a one hour rehearsal testing all the tech? Well, back yeah. in that day, I did not. <laughs> you know, I've seen speakers many times do presentations where they were relying on the internet for the hotel or the venue and they were going to try to do something live online or whatever and it just didn't work at all and you know That's my advice my, my advice to speakers is, is never try to include a live function like that as part of your presentation you know yeah. pre-record it play it back or whatever but trying to do live internet demos is just asking for trouble yeah and you know and uh I, I actually followed a nationally recognized speaker that um, is pretty big in the industry and all of his videos, uh, AV, there was a crash on it. And so I already saw it was coming up. I got that little warning. You know, I did a little rest in peace on his PowerPoint presentation. I was like, so sorry for you. And then when I went up there and I knew mine was gonna crash too. And I said, hey guys, let me tell you what, it's just you and me here. We don't need the videos, right? Let's do this. And I was all pumped up because I had that advantage. So my poor, my poor mentor and the person that went before me kind of got got crashed on that on the video. But another one that um, that I would say came uh, that was an issue. Let me think of this one. Um, um, I would definitely say was the actually it was that countdown clock got me really bad the first time because no one ever gave me that warning. And so I'll tell that, but I'll, I'll end with a tip. So the, the crash and burn for me where it didn't work is I looked over and saw the countdown clock was going negative. And so I thought, I didn't know what, I'd never seen that before. I didn't know what that was. So I thought, oh yeah, I've got, you know, I have five minutes left. I was five minutes over and the show promoter's like, 
Get, get off the stage. Get off. And I didn't know. <laughs> Worst I ever saw was a guy who actually went a full 30 minutes over his presentation. Oh, you know what? I've seen that. I just, I acted like, oh, oh. No, I was like, no, wait a minute. I've seen that too. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, 30 minutes. Uh, did they get invited back? I'm just curious. <laughs> no, I think they remained in good standing, but they were extremely embarrassed. And fortunately, the, the host had built some flexibility into his schedule, so they were able to get things back in sync. But <laughs> I mean, he, he was ribbed, ribbed about that for years. So, yeah, I had another one that was embarrassing, too. Um, so I'm, you know, I just I remember the new ones the most. Uh, rather than the oh, here's when I did it, and I was so fancy. And I, I, I have a guest. I have a guest host here. Oh, right. my guest Hi, host Gracie. isn't. Say hello, Gracie. <laughs> Hi, Gracie. Well, um, if Kitty Bear walks in, she usually sits on that chair. And yes, this is a real chair in a real studio. So um, uh, I would say this one was kind of this was really uncomfortable for me. I didn't know what to do. Um, so it's a brand new speaker, and. I was very relying on my laptop and my presentation, right, as my safety blanket. And because, again, I was new, my content, the rehearsals weren't there. I'm literally, Brett, coming from one live television appearance and working a red carpet to an I was doing 80 to 100 hours a week, traveling on the road, full-time in publicity, and then sliding You're into I know, right? <laughs> yes, nice to meet you. And then, in this, but in the speaker role, then I was unprepared. And then I'm next to world-class speakers who, you know, have done it tons and tons, thousands of times. And I'm up there like second time, fourth time doing it. So I show up and I set up my laptop and I'm like, okay, my security blanket is all set. Okay, the clicker works, ready to go. And then a more seasoned speaker walked in and said, um, well, I want that spot where your laptop is and I don't want your laptop to be there. And I was like, well, but I go on next. <laughs> was like you and, and the speaker was like well i go on right after you and i won't have time there's no break and so i want that spot and i was thinking having relationships with other speakers was actually a good thing and had i had some rapport with some of the other speakers maybe maybe that the, it might that might have been something easier for me to handle i was just scared and i didn't know what to do and Maybe I could have said like, hey, girl, no, don't worry about it. You, yeah, you can have that spot and I could just go up there and do it without a, a, a PowerPoint or stand my ground if I needed to. But not knowing other speakers, not knowing other personalities and not knowing the normal protocols of a stage was uh, exciting and scary. And I felt awkward, but I look back now and I laugh, you know. <laughs> So as we wind down our time together, starting, I'd like to give you a, a few minutes to tell people a little bit more about what all it is you are doing and how they can get involved in your world if they so choose. Yay! Well, um, if it's somebody that's coming from your world, I already know that I'm lucky enough that I'm getting to be around heart-centered, best-of-the-best experts, because you attract heart-centered, best-of-the-best experts. So first of all, thank you for that. Um, and then specifically what I am doing is for the first time in a 30 year career, I, I've always been only available my content on stages, on television, or I may have lived like in Brett's world, you know, as a guest expert kind of thing, other, other big fish, right? Like you're like other influencers world. But for the first time I'm doing my own community coaching. 
And I know it's called group coaching, but I tend to call it community because literally every single person in there we have a rapport with. And the majority that are, are coming to us are health and wellness experts that are speakers and authors, people who have been on television or want to be on TV. And yes, we have a few like lawyers and accountants and things like that, because I like that that gives a lot of diversity to that world, right? All of us need, we're business people, so we need access in our community, other other friends, colleagues that 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 have this diversity. But in the anyway, in this world, this community coaching, we are teaching basically video marketing, the mastery of video marketing, how to feel comfortable in front of the camera. Even our seasoned influencers will come to me and say, look, I have camera confidence, but I really want to continue to dial in deeper with audience authenticity because I've done my presentation over 2000 times. And I'll have new people that are saying, I'm an amazing at being the expert that I am, but I'm I change somehow when I get in front of the camera. Can you help me with that? So that's what ha happens in the camera confidence. The camera branding, the point I want to make on that, Brett, and cut me off and do the clock if you need to. <laughs> go, just I go would like never do that. Just go <clears throat> like that. But here's the thing. I will literally have people who are so great at what they do, but they'll come to me so upset when they get to the part of the video marketing that's the, the sales script, something like that, something where they have to convert ask for help, ask for the relationship, ask for the sale. And the reason why, Brett, is because oftentimes they're working from some cool template that's very effective and it does work as an outline, right? And the masses, we all it's easy to have access to a sales video script, something like that. But what I find is they know that they're not being themselves when they're doing the script because they don't know how to alter the words, the messaging to be their authentic messaging. They don't know how to be themselves on camera while they're doing a script that's not their words. They come to me, I mean, red face, sometimes teary eyed, literally upset. And these are people who are very structured, sound, cool, cool, you know, cucumbers. And they are upset because they're like, I just feel like an imposter or I don't feel like I'm myself. And I love my, my audience and my clients and I feel like I'm lying to them, but I, I know I'm not, I just feel awkward with this delivery. Therefore, they won't do it for a week or a month or a year. And they will not launch a program or, or provide a service or get paid what they should because they don't have their brand dialed in, they don't have the messaging dialed in, and they're great about giving free content, free content, free content. But when it's time for them to get rewarded back with some income, with some recognition, there's this a little bit of an awkwardness with that transition. And so I teach them how to have the exact same power and pride and energy as they are when they're in full servitude mode. So well, there's that. So I know that the URL to go for more information for this upcoming program is fairly long. So we'll just make sure it's in the show notes down below. Yep. So you can, you can click through that to get to Starly. But uh, also, what, what's your what's your main website? So if somebody wants to just check you out and what all you have going on, is it just starlymurray.com or something else? Starlymurray.com, by the time this airs, will probably be in a in a a, a, a transition because it's the new year, right? So, we have a, so yes, please check out starlymurray.com in the new year. If it's before the new year, you'll probably get an old site. And the uh, oncameraauthenticity.com is where there's all the goodies and the opt-ins and the free stuff and then book a calls and things like that. But um, yeah, so you got access to both. 
All right, outstanding. Well, Starlight, I want to thank you so much for being my guest today on this episode of the Spotlight on a Speaking Show. It's been a delight to catch up with you and have you share the platform with me. For everybody out there listening or watching, thank you so much for joining us today. As always, I wish you the greatest of success in all that you do, and may this year be your greatest year yet. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in. And remember to visit our website at SpotlightOnSpeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.